0: Welcome to the Solstice Space Podcast. I'm Dawn Hafner and I put this podcast together as a place for us to come together, work on our soul, connect to ourselves, to experience meditation, growth, and have deep conversations about how our spirituality, our soul path, our journey is played out in life, in work, and in our relationships. So I hope you'll join me for some meditations, And some interesting conversations. Have a wonderful day full of presence, and remember, we simply can't do this without you. You're more important than you can ever, ever know. Hello and welcome to the Solstice Space Podcast. This is Dawn Hafner, and I have with me today Vanessa McNeil, and I'm super excited to have you guys meet Vanessa and get to know her a little bit more. She has had a phenomenal year, and she'll share with us some of her accomplishments that she's been working on lately, and so do you want to just start with kind of what you've been up to?
1: Yeah, yeah, so um, I'm a documentary filmmaker and national speaker And the last year has been such a big year for projects and growth, but I directed and released, well, it's not quite released, but I directed and premiered a documentary called Grid Shock, a film about sex trafficking in Iowa, and I dove into um, the complexities around buyers um, and johns, who are the people that are purchasing sex. So I premiered that film, um, and I'll be working on another one soon. Don and I have been working on a book together, and that's been so exciting and uh, difficult at the same time, Mm -hmm. in the best way, and uh, speaking um, around the country. So it's been a busy and good year. Awesome. So, where are some of the places that you've had speaking
0: engagements?
1: That's a great question. Um, I will be in Washington, D.C. in a couple weeks. That'll be exciting. I'm speaking at the Global Summit for um, Stopping Exploitation, um, lots of colleges and universities around the country. Um, I'm drawing a blank. but yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> So when you go speak at different engagements, can you share a little bit about kind of the feedback that you get, maybe a little bit about your story that is shared, and then what kind of feedback, what are you learning about people in your
1: audience? So I typically speak about um, my personal story in that, um, or how my personal story has impacted the, the work that I'm doing with film. Um, and so my personal story is that I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and neglect and sexual violence later down the road in my life. Um, so lots of healing and growing. So I talk about that to people. And I think that um, no matter where I'm at around the country, there are people that are saying me too. And they're mm-hmm. saying that this is happening for them. Um, And just lots of gratitude that people show for um, me sharing my story. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's one of the most beautiful things to hear their reactions and have them really listen to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some people to say that I'm changing their life is really big.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That must be really fulfilling to touch people in that way. Yeah. Um, What do you do in that kind of work just because it's so... Um, energetic, and it draws upon your heartstrings and everything that you have, what do you do to keep the boundaries around your own energy?
1: So before I start every speaking engagement, I do a lot of like emotional and spiritual work. Um, I do a lot of praying the the morning before uh, or the morning of, and I do uh, actually visualizations. I visualize my like child self or my younger self and I um, visually put her in a safe place so that, you know, when I'm talking about these really tough things, I'm not re-traumatizing her. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I never want to feel like those parts of myself are being exploited. So I physically, or not physically, but I spiritually and emotionally just mm-hmm. check in with those parts of myself and make sure that they're good. Um, and throughout the presentation, I, um, you know, I'm thinking about them and if there are parts you know, my speech that I get like choked up, or if I f- I'm feeling something uh, after the speech, I-, I go back to those parts of myself and, and ask them what they need from me. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. So, everything that you go out and give in this space, then you need to spend time in self care to make sure that you're able to absorb the energy, release the energy, heal whatever is going on.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's really big work. And one of the best advice that I have is that there's no difference between me and my work. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so fitting for me because if I go out and I do 10 presentations and I am not okay, then my, my speeches won't be okay or my films won't be okay. So I need to make sure Mm -hmm. that I put myself in a good, safe place emotionally to be able to continue doing this work Mm -hmm. um, because it's really a marathon for me if I want to do this for the rest of my life I need to make sure I'm okay so lots of self-care lots of time that I give myself um honesty and and just space
0: yeah that's awesome
1: you touched on something
0: that I'm a big believer in which is there's no difference between work you and personal you Um, I think that that is so hard for some people, especially maybe from my generation, to conceptualize because we were always taught work is this and it's professional. And now the gates are opening up and the walls are coming down and there's a lot more vulnerability even in the corporate workspace. Totally. And people who are doing work like you do where you know that you're bringing yourself and your personal story into your work. But I think also for the corporate side, there's a lot more of that in terms of people being more open personally to what their passions are, what their hobbies are, That's what so they true. love. So, yeah, so we can all connect on a deeper level.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think the boundary piece that you mentioned is also really important, um, especially in the, these vulnerable and personal topics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, I guess it depends on, like, what people's workplaces and, and what their personal boundaries are, but I have to have those too.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So take me back a little bit. So your college background, what are your degrees in? When did you start to get an inkling that you weren't going to get a job like (laughs) everyone else and that you were going to create
1: this this space? So um, I went to Iowa State for my undergrad, and I studied child, adult, and family services. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after college. I guess I maybe had a little inkling that, you know, I wanted to do something bigger, but I think that we, when we don't know what we want to do all the time, we just continue going to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I got my master's at uh, UNI and I studied social work. And while I was there, I had already really dab I was dabbling in the national speaking a little bit and then the film directing. And I really loved that. And even halfway through in my master's program, I thought like, I'm just gonna quit now. Like I don't need to continue. I don't, I don't see myself working in the fields. But I was like, you know what, I don't have a plan, so I'm going to continue. So then I graduated, moved to Des Moines, I got a non-profit job, and I just like hated my life. Uh-huh. I hated it <laughs> so much. Um, I would just like wake up and dread the thought of like this 9 to 5 life, and this, I just felt like, I, I knew it wasn't for me. I knew that I had like such a big purpose. And um, one day, I walked in, this was actually two years ago this summer, walked into my um, my job and I talked to my boss and I told her I was quitting mm-hmm. because I wanted to pursue a career in national speaking and filmmaking with no really plan other than just like this huge knowing that I am supposed to be doing this and I know that my needs will be supported over time if I work hard and I had and I had built a foundation for doing that work in the first place, but no savings account, like no, (laughs) no really plan. Mm -hmm. I just really walked out on faith. And I knew Mm -hmm. that if I jumped, if I, if I took that leap of faith off this cliff, that my wings were going to come out at some point. Um, and they did. And I'm Mm -hmm. so happy that I did that.
0: Awesome. That's beautiful. So can you talk to me a little bit about how you know, how you have a knowingness? Like, can you describe for anyone what that feels like or how that comes to you? Or when you don't hear those messages, how you get back in touch with
1: that, that part of you? Oh, That's such a good question. I I think that um, a knowing to me feels just like it defies logic because it's something that you won't. There's no way that I could have been able to know that my life would have turned out the way that it did. But I just had this expansive feeling of this is it was like a gut feeling that um, uh, intuition telling me that like this is what is going to happen. This is what you need to do if you want to continue with the goals that you set out. So I don't know. It's so hard to understand. I think it's hard Mm -hmm. to rationalize, but Mm -hmm. it's just like a feeling that I get all, all over my body. It just says like with, with certainty, um, with so much clarity, like this is what needs mm-hmm. to happen right now. Mm-hmm. And you just answer it. Mm-hmm. And then does that, do you think that relationship gets built over time as you answer? Oh yeah. I think that it's like any other connection. Um, you know, think of like when you first met someone and they, you know, told you something, but you weren't quite sure cause that trust wasn't there. But when you listen to them, what what happened or what they said ended up happening Mm -hmm. and then 12 times from now you know when that when that person calls and you answer and they say something that oh this is going to be what Mm -hmm. they say it's going to be and I think it's the same it's just a connection and in the trust that you build um with you know this your higher self or the other um parts of life Mm -hmm. um once you grow into that the the messages get stronger and Mm -hmm. you listen to them yeah, I agree. I think that's my experience as well is
0: never discounting it as not important. Yeah. So even when it tells you something really silly like drive this way to work, there's a reason why yeah. or pick up a couple quarters, I don't know why, or mm-hmm. carry this crystal today. Whatever it is that tells you to do something and and that listening is putting faith in that energy. Absolutely. It is coming through. So you had, um, that was one pivotal time would be when you left the nonprofit. And I always think as we progress through years in our life, a lot of times you can look back over your life and pick out a few key decisions, um, pivot moments where your life ended up, where it is because of one or two or three decisions. Is there anything else that was really pivotal for you?
1: Yeah, I would say, um, when I decided to do an all or nothing fundraiser, um, to raise money for Grid Shock. Mm -hmm. I don't think that people understood how big of a risk that was or that felt to me. So I had a goal to raise $35,000 in 60 days to raise money for my new film, and I made it so that it was all or nothing, meaning if I didn't make all of that goal, then everyone would be refunded and we wouldn't have been able to make the film. And there are so many times during that process that I was like, I'm so dumb, why would I ever... (laughs) why would I ever do that why would I ever sign up for that Mm -hmm. um but it was truly such a like trust filled time in my life that I had to really um surrender and say I trust this process I trust like my intuition that told me to do this in the first place Mm -hmm. and I might not make my goal as soon as I thought I was or when I wanted to but I know that People are going to show up for me, and I have, you know, um, this spirituality that's going to show up. And I I would say that. Where I had, where I was before I did that campaign, and where I am now in my career is substantially grown. Because mm-hmm. I think that people were able to see kind of the grit that I had mm-hmm. to be able to do something really risky. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say that that was a really big time. And now I'm like, okay, let's like tackle more risk. Yeah. let's do it again. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's super interesting about human nature is we, we want people to like put it all on the line. We like well, people we to like, <laughs> gamble it all away, put all your chips on the table, and just risk it all and then just see what happens. And we love to watch people do that, don't we? Right. But most people can't do it themselves. (laughs) But it's cool to watch other Mm -hmm. people do it. Exactly. So living vicariously, I think. (laughs) How about, um, you've had a lot of success and a lot of things have really had a lot of momentum for you and gone your way. Can you think of a time that you felt like embarrassed or like you were out of your league or kind of lacked faith in yourself? Hmm. Any moments that ever...
1: Well, I I feel like I lack faith in myself pretty consistently (laughs) to be honest. Uh Um, I think that as confident as I come off and and truly I am in a lot of ways, there's this constant feeling of like, what's next for me? Mm. Or, you know, I tackle a big project and I'm like, how could I supersede this? Mm. Or what am I going to do between then? And, um, as a goal oriented person, I think, or for people, I think that it's that way. You just want to be better than the last thing that you did. Mm-hmm. And so when I don't know what I'm doing next, that's when I doubt myself. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, uh-huh. even though I yes. do. And yeah. everything is fine. Yeah. That's so interesting. So, and then as you progress
0: through one goal after another goal after another goal, do you get a feeling of, is it ex exciting as it unfolds or do you ever get that a lot of us we set a goal we reach the goal and then we kind of get a little almost like a letdown kind of mm-hmm. like the post-wedding feeling of like <laughs> oh wow I spent a year on this and now I went through the feeling and and sometimes it's not as fulfilling
1: mm-hmm. do you ever get that? I haven't really felt that but what I feel often is that like I complete these goals and then I get really frustrated with myself that I spent so much time being anxious or having anxiety mm-hmm. or like doubting myself because mm-hmm. I'm like this worked out perfectly yeah. and how productive could I have been if I would have like not been in my head mm-hmm. and doubting myself I, I I can't even imagine like where I would be at mm-hmm. it, but it happens every time yeah so
0: <laughs> so just more trusting the process oh and yeah
1: free flow through
0: it and and not resisting and Pretty doubting much. and all of that ego mind that gets Basically. so loud yeah. yeah yeah great how about um what are some of your you have a lot going on in your life so what are some of your organizational tools and systems do you have anything mm-hmm. like apps or programs or even in your schedule that you organize your week a certain way to be able to have productivity and downtime and self-care
1: i yeah i use an online calendar which i feel like what's on my phone and on on my computer, but I also use Asana, which is a task manager. Mm-hmm. Um, that's helpful in like tracking conversations that I have when I'm, um, working with different people for speaking engagements. Um, and it's so easy to input information in and you can set reminders that get sent on your calendar. And I also use 17 hats for mm-hmm. like, um, payment and other things. So all of those tools are really helpful to keep it all together. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I couldn't (laughs) if I didn't, so.
0: How about um, hiring help? Do you have anybody who you outsource anything to that you have grown into doing? Yeah,
1: Um, I work with someone who um, helps me with, like, advertisement, like, on, like, Google ads um, and emails and all of that stuff, so that's really helpful, too. Good, Mm -hmm. good. So what
0: do you use in terms of influences for inputs for you so podcasts books movies is there anything that has really stuck with you that you keep
1: coming back to as a teacher one book that i really love is called anatomy of the spirit by dr carolyn miss and the book talks about how our like emotional pain our trauma or just things that like pop up in our lives can manifest into physical ailments if we don't like heal from them or um, do anything about them, so she just talks about like the seven stages that people go through to find power and healing, and it and it's just so good. She has so many example, like real life examples of like people that haven't like dealt with their things, like their baggage, and how that bag- baggage then manifested into something bigger that they didn't want. So it's just like such a good reminder to to like be intentional about the things that we do to heal Mm -hmm. um so i just love that book
0: awesome i love that too it reminds me of a documentary that i've watched a couple times called heal and that's kind of the premise of that movie that documentary i wonder if she's actually in it and it has a lot of practitioners that believe that all illness is caused by repressed emotions yeah. So trauma that we didn't deal with, or just anything. I mean, you know, I don't think that a lot of people, I feel like, think sometimes you have to have had a significant trauma to struggle with your emotions and that's one thing that i think is so interesting is sometimes it's not an event that someone can even remember right but they still had some kind of internalized trauma as a child mm-hmm. whether it was just a time they felt abandoned or ignored by a parent and they internalized that into a lack of love for themselves and
1: okay. oh yeah One really good example from the book was that, uh, really similar to what you just explained, was that um, this man, he um, struggled all his life with, like, having a voice or, like, speaking up for himself, defending himself, and then when she worked with him, she was able to diagnose him um, having throat cancer, So just like how that, like not having a voice manifested into something really Mm -hmm. big in his throat, it makes so much sense, but people don't talk about it that way.
0: Right, right. And I think it's also really tricky to talk about with people because sometimes it comes as a blame. So if you try to have a conversation with someone who is not well, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to open that idea up for them of there's a chance that, the illness that you have could be from emotions. Yeah. Because then it seems like blame where right. it seems like now I'm sick and now you're telling me it's my fault that I'm sick. Right. And how is that helping me? Right. So, I think it's really a tricky area to introduce to people, but where people think that you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Where they're like, yeah, cuz we just I think there's so much we haven't learned yet about yeah. the body, the energy system, how it's all related. I'm a big believer that we have a lot more than five senses. Yeah. And um, people have other ones that sometimes aren't named or identified, or if they are, people are scared of it. Exactly. So, Which brings me to one question I wanted to ask, which is have you ever had any kind of an intuitive experience or a mystical or supernatural experience you'd want to share?
1: Yeah. Actually, just a couple of weeks ago, Two weeks ago, I was in New York City for a media engagement, and I was staying in an Airbnb. It was my first night, Um, went to sleep, um, or so I thought, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or I was uh, in a really deep meditation. And I remember waking up and just feeling like the most amazing thing just happened to me because I was in this experience where I felt like I had... like. All knowledge, all knowing, all understanding poured out on me, and like every answer, every every answer to any question I had in that moment was answered. Um, I just knew everything, and with that came like this enormous peace and this enormous. Um, feeling like everything is gonna be okay and like all the puzzle pieces are gonna come together. And I was like, this experience was so like mystical, I'll never forget what happened, so I don't need to write it down. And then I woke up and I forgot everything. Mm-hmm. So it was like this fleeting moment of, mm-hmm. what would the word be? This fleeting moment of like your being being more integrated into
0: all that is.
1: Yeah, it was like a sudden enlightenment. Okay. Yeah. It mm-hmm. just like, I knew everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know why I needed to go through that experience, but I've already called on it so many times to be like, nope, like I had that experience and I know that everything is going to be okay because I knew everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're supposed to know everything. We're not here to know everything. Right. so. That, that part is okay, but it's been, like, such a good reminder that no matter what happens, I'll be okay. Right.
0: That's awesome. And how interesting, yeah, because if we knew everything, I don't think we could actually stay here. No. Right, like...
1: And it wouldn't, like, it would take the fun out. Yeah, you
0: couldn't, you couldn't live inside your body and have all of that knowingness all the time. Right. But how amazing that you got to experience that.
1: Yeah, it was so, it was the most, one of the most amazing things that I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. So, so cool.
0: So when you have an experience like that, is there any part of you that feels resistance? So I'm thinking about how many people are raised in traditional religion, and sometimes we're taught to fear things like the supernatural or energy healers or anything that's not you know, of the religion. Did you ever struggle with anything like that?
1: I wouldn't say so because um, I didn't grow up in a spiritual or religious household or anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't feel like I really had any of that influence at all mm-hmm. um, until I went to college and I was just around more people that mm-hmm. that you know I was able to talk to about stuff like this. Um, and I knew like when I was little, I told my grandma all the time like there's something different about me. And mm-hmm. what I I didn't know I had have the words to explain like this is on a spiritual level though. Mm-hmm um and she didn't understand like how to have a conversation but i know i knew as soon as i was little that i was gifted um and i think as as far as resistance um i think i have a little resistance about talking to talking about this publicly mm-hmm. um i don't like with my friends or people that are in, really in my life but i think it's just something that's been like a really private part of my life and a really sacred part mm-hmm. and i Like, don't want to be judged. (laughs) Right, right. By people. Um, But this truth I have is really beautiful to me. And it's like opening the, I don't know, opening your doors up to have it shared is a little different.
0: Right, right. But it's cool. And if it opens your heart and connects you to other people, it has to be good.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I will add to like,
0: when you and I met, we've been friends for a little while. And we're both pretty private people, mm-hmm. pretty quiet, introverted people. Actually, even though yeah. you speak for a living, you can. A lot of speakers are introverts. Yeah. And we hit it off uncannily well. Yes. Especially given we have a huge age difference and different backgrounds, yeah. and we are kind of an unlikely duo, like soul sisters. But we both felt on a soul level that we somehow knew each other before, or mm-hmm. were called into working together which yes. has been so amazing. We both felt that mm-hmm. amazingly soon. Yes, in exactly. Our friendship. Yeah. And, and being a person who I know for myself, I don't feel that with a lot of people. Right. I'm pretty um, reserved and guarded sometimes I can be. So like no new friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You got to kind of work your way there. How about one thing? I think this is an interesting thing to examine is if you can think about a belief, you used to have that you don't any longer because i think any time that we as humans change our belief system is a real sign of growth because we're handed a lot of our beliefs from our parents and our grandparents and just our where we grew up and who was around us and we're handed a lot of beliefs and then sometimes we we change our minds
1: I think that one really, really big thing that I've been able to change my mindset about is that there is a there's lots of times in my life where I thought that people were inherently bad, especially people that have caused pain to me. I just thought like they're bad and like they could have done better if that, you know, they should have. Why would why would you ever treat me like that? Um, But with more knowledge and wisdom, I learned that and I truly do believe now that everyone is doing the best that they can, even if their best isn't good enough for us. Mm -hmm. And even if our best, their best is something that we would never do or we wouldn't condone, um, it doesn't mean it's not their best. And that goes for someone that's like abusing their kids. That goes for someone who's an alcoholic and struggling in their relationships or you know, someone that's, like, physically abusive to someone else, and that's, like, so... Um, I think that's hard for people to wrap their minds around because they're so quick to just blame people, but I think with knowledge I had to understand, like, what are the whys behind this behavior? Because people just don't wake up and, like, decide that they're going to be bad. Um, there's, like, things that happened in their life that have led them to believe that what they're doing is okay or they're reflecting their trauma that they they've experienced. Um, and so they're continuing the cycle. Um, so that was like big for me and in order to heal and in order to forgive people in my life that have hurt me. I had to know that, mm-hmm. um, and just be like, it's not about me. It's a you problem mm-hmm. and you are struggling with something in your life and you're reflecting that behavior and that pain on me. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big revelation. Awesome, That's a great one. And
0: how is life different with your newer belief than it was before?
1: How is life like feel different, or how do you operate differently? I think of that? that it's it's lighter um I think that um it feels free that way. um I think it's less judgmental. I think it's more loving and more kind um so it just feels good to to know that like. There's always a bigger reason for people's behavior. Mm -hmm. Like, we know that when we talk about kids and we say, well, Tommy is acting out at school today. He's throwing chairs. Well, why is he throwing chairs? Mm -hmm. Like, what's happening in Tommy's house Mm -hmm. to make him act like that? But we don't apply that to adults. Right. Like, there's this cutoff of, like, mercy and compassion that we decide, like, okay, we're not going to give that to someone that, like, murdered someone or whatever um, but, I mean, in some situations are harder for me to show compassion and mercy to people, but it's something that you have to do if you want to move ahead. Right, right. The other thing I think is so interesting about that is not just the classifications of severity where
0: people will say, well, I can forgive this because that person's working on that issue. Yep. But if you're a serial killer, n- no. Like, Never. draws a line there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it comes in degrees and that that's still us trying to not be guilty ourselves Mm -hmm. of not being our best person all the time and having that dark side within ourselves. Right. The other thing that I think is so interesting about that area is when people classify and sometimes we'll slap a label of evil over it. Yeah. Which I'm not saying that it's not dark or evil, but what happens when we slap a label of evil over it is we don't get to be curious about it. We don't get to dig into well how did that person get to that point right what happens to them in their childhood or what trauma did they have what's going on in their neurology and their brain development at a certain age so that we can start to help because we're going to continue to have more and more humans born on earth and these problems that we're having if we don't figure out how they came about which i think is sometimes when we put it in an evil box and lock it away is what we end up doing
1: is right. not having those questions and curiosity over how to do better. Well, it's interesting, too, because last month or six weeks ago or however long, I was in Pennsylvania for a speaking engagement, and they had um, a convicted child sexual offender come, and it was just, like, this interesting um, revelation, too, for me because, like, I, I'm, like, talking this talk that we're having now, and I'm like, I need to, you know, show him compassion, and... Um, And, like, that's, like, completely far end of the spectrum. Like, we could never forgive a child predator. Like, Mm -hmm. he's sick. He needs to be Mm -hmm. locked away in an island by himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember asking him, I said, um, what do I need to do to see you as a human, Mm -hmm. to humanize you? Because, like, everyone in the room, um, and I want to say rightfully so, um, asked him really tough questions, and they, like, were like, this is unacceptable. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a problem with you. Um, but I think that we have to move, move um, closer to asking questions like that and really like seeing people as people still.
0: Right. What a
1: great question to ask him. I wasn't happy with his response, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we won't go there. Um, how about if
0: God tapped you out tomorrow, Source, Universe, whatever your name is mm-hmm. for that entity, what what is left undone what would be your first fleeting oh gosh I didn't get to do this
1: I would say that I don't have closure with my mom who I haven't had a relationship with in several years I would have um lots of angst about the conversations that we haven't been able to have about why our relationship ended and my feelings about her now Mm -hmm. so yeah that would be a tough one yeah that would be tough
0: so, how are you? I know we've talked about this topic a little bit, and I know you send her your love mm-hmm. energetically. Yeah. Because that's what you're capable of doing right now with where the relationship is. Mm-hmm. Is that a continued practice for you?
1: Yeah. And I think for me, it's I'm not going to stress or strain about it on my end because I know that she's not ready and Mm -hmm. that's okay. And maybe she'll never be ready. Mm -hmm. But I know that um, or at least I hope that I have done all that I needed to do emotionally to be prepared for that day, whether it's on my end or on her end when Mm -hmm. we leave this place. So, yeah, that'll be difficult. Um, And it's really complex. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, definitely. How about, why do you think we're here?
1: Oh, I think that we're here really to learn lessons, for our soul to learn lessons, for our soul to evolve, um, to get a different perspective. Um, because I, I really believe that we come here in different bodies and um, different lifestyles and lives um, to connect with people and to learn lessons. Um, and I don't know if there's ever like an end or a completion in that. Um, I know that some practices talk about that. I guess I don't like, that's kind of, I don't really know. (laughs) Right. Um, but I know that my soul is old. I know Mm -hmm. that I've been here before. Mm -hmm. I know that I've had relationships with people in my life prior to this one. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's some knowing, like there's some, um, of that, that I'm able to pick up, but I really think that we're here to learn lessons
0: absolutely yeah I definitely agree and sometimes you'll have that you'll meet someone or even not meet them just like almost witness them from across the room and you can feel that you there's some connection there there's something that you knew that person and on a different level at some point in time right yeah definitely and
1: I feel like too I just am like aware that people will listen to this and just be like that's crazy but I also think that there's a level of awareness that like we have or that people that I know have that they're able to feel it whereas other people have just like known this one answer to every question that they have uh-huh. so they're not able to like be open and to understand like a bigger spiritual ideas
0: right right I do think there's different people that are more in touch with that and have experienced that yeah and some of that comes from just how you're raised and then oh, the yeah. experiences that happen in your life and and how open you are. So if someone is either working in a job that they feel like they're not fully exploring their soul path or relationships, what what would be your recommendation of someone that came to you and said, I love what you're doing. I love how you've integrated everything in your life and you're on this path of growth. How What would you recommend to me as a
1: first step? Um, I would say like meditation, guided meditation, praying. Uh, if that resonates with people um um yoga would be really great um spending time in nature is something that i feel like is really important um even just spending time in the sun i think is important um and just connecting with like like like-minded people Mm -hmm. that are further along Mm -hmm. and reiki if people are into that too awesome what's next for you Oh gosh. Um, I officially decided yesterday that I'm moving forward with starting a foundation to support my film business and work. Um, and hopefully just building my presence nationally, um, you know, as a brand and as a person, um, a a new documentary that I'll start fundraising for at the end of this year, fingers crossed in that documentary will be about child pornography. So Oh, Lots wow. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be an amazing,
0: another really trigger topic and hard yeah. to dig into. and But it's it's out there so much more than even we're seeing in the news and oh, the yeah. media. it's It's really a problem. Exactly. With the phones and the technology and the youngsters not having anything to protect them. Pretty much. Yeah. It'll be interesting, but I'm excited for it yeah well I'm excited to have you work on that for everybody and yes. teach us more definitely so thanks for joining me today it's been just awesome having a conversation with you and really appreciate yes, your Yes, thanks time. for having me as your first guest yes, <laughs> awesome thanks well we'll sign off for now and everybody have a blessed day and hopefully as always if you got something from this podcast hopefully you take it into your life and hopefully if any of it didn't resonate with you you're able to just pick up the pieces that did So thanks and have an amazing day.